Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Finsider Radio, the Jake and Josh Show, is SB Nation's official podcast about your Miami Dolphins. Check out Finsider.com for more Miami Dolphins content and be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with us on Twitter. Jake can be found at jmendel94. Josh can be found at H-O-U-T-Z or just house. The show is made possible by Dolphins everywhere, so be sure to rate and comment, share your thoughts, and let us know how we are doing. Now, let's get on with the show. Roughly 36 hours away, and all I want for Christmas is a playoff run to last a bit longer. Welcome into Finsider Radio. This is the Jake and Josh Show. We have quarterback news. We have running back news. We have safety news. But before we get into all that, I got to introduce Josh. Because Josh, it's Christmas. Tis the season. I hope everyone out there is enjoying the holidays. But man, I hear Josh Houts, and I know there's two girls involved. So uh, how's this week been for you, buddy? Dude, Christmas is so much worse when you're not getting presents, you know, expecting this fat guy <laughs> to just come down your chimney and drop off the presents. It has been brutal. Still got a few gifts I need to put together, but um, I was getting ready to come on here and say we just got the ultimate Christmas gift, you know, with Javon Holland coming off the COVID-19 list. But, uh, man, what Ian Rappaport just dropped, man, was a mega, mega bombshell. But I'm doing as good as you can be in Santa, man. How are you doing? I don't know why people play Warzone on Call of Duty when you can just go to the grocery store during the holiday season. Isn't I mean, that that's, the truth? that's Warzone. That is the Warzone. You get the anxiety. You get the real life sweats. You get all the all the lovely stuff. You just but need Josh... a riot shield. Did you have the riot shield? That's what you need. <laughs> that's smart. I got to start bringing a riot shield with me. Josh, you hinted at the fat man leaving us presents. And um, I guess we can call the NFL a fat man. And we have something dropping down our chimney right now. Uh the Saints are starting their, I think it's their fourth string quarterback when you put it all together. Uh, first and foremost, before we talk about this, because this is something on the field we should be excited about, Trevor Simeon, uh, Taysom Hill, two guys that went on the COVID list. I hope they're feeling all right. I hope they're able to come back soon enough. Uh, but Josh, I mean, it's what, Thursday? Today's Thursday. Yes. And all of a sudden, man, the Dolphins are going to be playing a fourth string quarterback at Monday Night Football. How is this? Why? <laughs> How is this the way the Dolphins are going to lose their season? I oh already my. see it happening. <laughs> oh, man, you just had to go there. I mean, wouldn't it be? It would be so Dolphins. Wouldn't it? I mean, oh, I, I don't know, man. I mean, we're rattled, aren't we? I mean, we were literally – I sent you the invite to the Zoom, and it literally just broke. I mean, we knew Trevor Simeon was out. We were going to talk about that a little bit. But now Taysom Hill's on the COVID-19 list. We can't have that Tua-Taysom Hill battle that we – you know, this fan base has been bickering about for months. <laughs> but, dude, Ian Book starting against that Miami Dolphins defense. I mean, I just – I was – I was trying so hard to find that gif I had of, you know, when Justin Herbert was lined up there and the Dolphins were just moving all those pieces around pre-snap. I mean, Ian Book is going to have, I guess, the book thrown at him. And uh, this is crazy, man. This is absolutely insane. Dude, the whole library is coming at him. I don't I don't know what you're talking about. And additionally, man, that you mentioned that Dolphins defense and Sean Payton hasn't he's been working remote, too, because he tested positive for the virus. So I can't imagine. 
being Ian Book right now, knowing how the Dolphins play on the defensive end. Um, I don't want to say they're this revolutionary defense because a lot of teams blitz, a lot of teams bring a lot of pressure, but man, this is, <laughs> he's thrown into the deep end and it, it looks like it's going to be a tough situation, but that is why it's a little concerning to me because it's the Dolphins and primetime. Uh, I think about that Halloween game, but outside of that, man, there haven't been a lot of exciting primetime games. I guess Jakeem Grant Mossing, um, Stefan Gilmore was another one, uh, but Overall, man, we heard that Javon Holland, he is off the COVID-19 list. He's back to practicing. Xavier Howard was selected to a Pro Bowl. I mean, we're, we're, we had a pretty busy week for not doing anything. Yeah, we really have. And I guess we should, you know, maybe pump our brakes a little bit. I mean, we saw the way the NFL approached some of these games this past week. I mean, is there the potential that this one could get pushed back? I mean, who knows with, you know, everything going on in this world. But Ian Book, I do have to mention, he was a fourth round pick in the 2021 draft, the 133rd overall pick. So I can't wait to see the way they match up, Jake. But you mentioned Xavier and Howard, dude. I mean, I, I that news honestly got lost in the fold. I mean, you talk mm-hmm. about me being sand and doing all this other stuff. I mean, I'm prepping food and doing this. I completely missed that. I mean, I know a lot of fans were up in arms all over, over the snubs. I mean, some fans were looking at Jalen Waddle's receptions thinking, you know, maybe he should have made it. I mean, Javon Holland's been an absolute stud. But when you look at this roster, I mean, I don't think anybody could question who the best player was. And it's clearly been Xavier Howard. I mean, he's been shut down every time the Dolphins needed a big play this year. He's been there. So I wasn't really surprised by this. A little bit upset that some of those other guys didn't make it. But kudos to Xavier Howard. And I'm looking forward to watching him play in those meaningless Pro Bowl games. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? I mean, we always have the Brandon Marshall game, right? But the Pro Bowl, you're, it's a popularity contest. One of the greatest things I've heard, and I'm not saying Howard's so shame on us. This. Shame on us, right, for not retweeting more and quote tweeting all those things. I mean, that was the first That's thing I pointed point. the finger right at us Dolphin fans. I mean, I didn't retweet <laughs> Jalen Waddle's name enough or something like that. So, so I'll put the blame on me. It seems like it's one of those things where uh, guys who are deserving uh, are invited a year after they should be. It takes them that extra year to get noticed that, I don't know, that extra calendar. Uh, And then players oftentimes make it one final year when they probably shouldn't have just because the name recognition. It is a popularity contest, but man, Xavier Howard's been so much fun to watch with his 14 passes defended, which is the fourth most in the NFL. Four interceptions, the game ceiling plays against Baltimore and New England, uh, popping out the ball against New England in week one. And then on Thursday night football, he had that fumble return for a pick six. So, Josh, I mean, Javon Holland, there are a couple other guys I would like to see maybe sneak up here. But you think about the fact that there are a lot of guys who step out of this. There are guys still playing in the playoffs. I think there's a shot we might see a few more Dolphins. But big picture, this is a team that started the season one and seven. And despite a seven game losing streak really sits in the back of your head. So I can't see many people outside of South Florida that aren't wearing the aqua and orange who would, you know, try to vote for dolphin players. Yeah. And good point. I mean, I, I was a little upset. Jesse Davis didn't make it. I was a little surprising. Yeah, and, disrespectful. And, and you mentioned Xavier Howard. I mean, he's not going to be playing in this game, right? I don't think when you're in the Super Bowl, you even get to go to the Pro Bowl. So we don't even My have point, to work. Exactly. That's probably why they didn't have all these dolphin players in the Pro Bowl. But I mean, Jake, it's just, Again, it goes back to our last podcast, the Dolphins, for everything, the drama that went on this offseason, getting Xavier Howard locked up and just how much he means to this franchise. And, you know, you see him pointing to his shirt during press conferences saying, you know, I'm a Miami Dolphin. But at some point, you know, this offseason, this is all going to come, you know, back to a head and we're going to have to figure out if the Dolphins are going to keep Xavier Howard around long term because, again, he's proven to be that nucleus. And when he's not in the lineup, I mean, it's night and day. So hat tip to him. That's awesome to see. And you're right. I mean, all jokes aside. There are plenty of reserves, so maybe a Javon Holland sneaks in there. You know, maybe one of these other guys sneaks in there. Agba, but maybe uh, Phillips, you yeah. know, Jesse Davis again. Maybe he sneaks Jesse in Davis. There. Stupid me. How did I forget that? <laughs> this is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight, we'll break down... 
we break down who will be cutting. Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Josh, you know, we came out here and we were going to, we had one topic we were really going to dive into, but uh, like you just said, it's a busy week and that's just kind of the situation we're in. I hope everyone's kind of pumping the brakes on their busy week, enjoying the holiday season, recharging the battery a little bit. Um. Josh, this was pretty cool. We got a question here on Twitter that actually was going towards what we wanted to talk about today. And this was from Zach Jeffrey on Twitter, who said uh, he just got done rewatching the game. So, you know, it was all fresh in his mind. And he said the Duke had multiple runs. He was stopped short and would have forced the punt, but he kept the drive alive. If we didn't sign and play him, we lose. Josh, I kind of understand that. You look at how Duke Johnson played last week. Uh, he had three, he had three and a half yards after contact per Pro Football Focus. That's more than Miles Gaskin, Philip Lindsay, and Selvan Ahmed average on a single run or on any given run before, after contact, whatever it may be. Then you start to look at a big picture, Josh. You see how well Duke Johnson played. You see Miles Gaskin getting healthier. He was evolved a little bit last week, but he has such a high usage rate. All of a sudden, man, the Dolphins have five running backs they have to choose from. Has this kind of clicked for you? Because I haven't seen many people talking about it, but all of a sudden, I mean, I don't know how many of them are going to come out and be a top 15 guy, but all of a sudden, all these guys aren't going to be active on Sunday, are they? I don't see any way, Jake. And you mentioned that quote from Zach. I mean, he even ended it with game ball. I think he's 100% right. If Duke Johnson isn't activated, if he's not out there, I mean, this game could be completely different. We talked about in the last podcast, just his decision-making, whether it's, you know, that one cut and just getting north or, you know, making a defender miss. I mean, we talked about it. This dude looked like, um, you know, prime Ricky Williams out there, the way he was stiff-arming through people, you know, breaking through a tackle, rumbling and bumbling. So I do completely agree with him. But now, I mean, we're out ahead. Who's next? I mean, we all felt this way about Philip Lindsay, right? After his performance, I mean, we were stoked on him and we're wondering what the hell happened with Duke Johnson. Now you're sitting here five running backs. I mean, I think our whole activity here was we were going to do a little power ranking. So, I mean, I don't know when you want to jump into that, but uh, there's no way all five of these guys are going to be activated. Uh, did they officially activate Malcolm Brown? I mean, I know he's still been lingering. Is he officially off the IR? I was going to get to that. He remains on IR, but he was someone who was close to returning last week. That's why I wanted to include him in the mix. The Dolphins might be a little more uh, hesitant to bring him back, but man, the way this is set up, I mean, the Dolphins don't have a lot. There are other situations in the league. Uh, Miles Sanders gets hurt. Uh, Joe Mixon gets hurt. They have this plan in place with a backup who's pretty good. Uh, Delvin Cook gets hurt. The Dolphins, I mean, they signed all these guys to pretty decent deals. They signed Duke Johnson to the active roster. You pay for Malcolm Brown in the offseason. Uh, it costs a couple mil to bring in Philip Lindsay. So I don't know if we can really sit here and talk about this on Thursday, but I'd like you to tell me your power rankings, Josh, because Brian Flores is a tough situation on his hands. If, you know, four or five of these guys are able to go, I mean, I can't see more than three of them being active on Monday. Yeah, then that's kind of where I'm at. And I mean, I, I, 
I'm sure that, you know, the recency bias is settled in here. I have Duke Johnson at the top of that list. So, you know, I, I mean, I don't know if I would have felt that way if Philip Lindsay went out there and had that game that we saw a few weeks back, you know, I'd probably have, have him at the top of this list. But I do think Duke Johnson, when you look at, you know, just what he is as a full, complete running back. I mean, I mentioned in the last pod, he still hasn't even, you know, I guess he did that 20 yard completion. Isn't that what we said? But I mean, we just still haven't <laughs> even tapped into that aspect of him in the passing game. So I got Duke at the top. I do think Miles Gaskin would be the number two as on the power rankings, a little bit ahead of Philip Lindsay. I like what he can do, ability to go out there and be a pass catcher. And I was going to say Duke and Lindsay are the, the best tandem here, Jake, but that would just go against my entire ranking. So I, I think if Lindsay could get better at pass protection, do a little bit more of those things and obviously be available, I think he might shoot up these rankings. I got Salvin Ahmed under him and then Malcolm Brown, but I can't help but look at these power rankings and think that. Dolphins might feel completely different. I mean, we know how much trust they had in Miles Gaskin heading into the season. We know what they put on Malcolm Brown's plate when they signed him. I mean, he was out there. He started the season, did he not? He was been yeah. pass protection. He was doing a little bit of everything every time he was out there. So I think the Dolphins might view this differently, but I got it. Duke, Gaskin, Lindsey, Ahmed, and Brown. What does yours look like, Jake? It really comes down to that trust in the guys who have been here while, right? And um, Jerome Baker actually had an interesting quote yesterday. He was talking about Flores and how he always brings out the best in his players. And uh, Jerome Baker made it clear that Brian Flores lets all of his guys know how much he trusts them and, and everything along those lines. So I do wonder if Gaskin and even Salvan Ahmed, two guys who have been around for two years now, Gaskin's even longer than that, but but the duo, the duo of them working together, I do wonder if Flores is going to go right back to that and, and jump into that. I do have to say, you mentioned Malcolm Brown. I'm going to put start with him at the bottom two, uh, just for the sake of, I mean, that fourth and one play, man, I'm still haunted by it. It might not have been his fault, but Hey, we have someone like Duke Johnson who can kind of, you know, absorb a hit and, and make a guy miss. So Josh, this is what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go. My ranking is going to be nowhere near what Flores says, but I'm going to start with Philip Lindsay. I thought he was a hard runner. Yes. His, snaps came in garbage time when he played for the dolphins but i just think he's a good tone setter and can really be that rhythm maker the dolphins need uh especially when they're missing a few guys on the outside after that man i do want to put miles gaskin in that number two running back spot where he'd be someone who could come in on you know every third or fourth drive and just play a clean game right the kitchen is always clean when miles gaskin is involved that's just the type of way he is he's a true professional player uh but with that being said, Duke Johnson, I think needs to be that third down back just for what you said, Josh, and the for the sake of uh, the running game, he had a great game against the Jets. It was the Jets. So I think he can really evolve in the passing game, especially how the Miami Dolphins like to use their running back in the passing game. I mean, Miles Gaskin had one of the highest receiving usage rates among running backs and the numbers didn't really line up uh, that he was having success with the ball in his hand. So I'd love to see Duke Johnson in that role, especially seeing that he can be someone saved, you know, third and five, third and six, you're spreading guys out across the field. You got Jalen Waddle over here, Devante Parker over here. You, you could do a stretch run with Duke, Do Duke Johnson and he can get it. You can kind of play this chess game with someone like Johnson. And I think he would be valuable with, uh, you know, maybe 30 for 40% of the snaps that the dolphins are working with each and every week. And I do have to apologize. I think I said he was 30 on our last podcast. He was only 28. So my God, was I aging him, you know, <laughs> some Benjamin button type years. I do have to mention co-offense coordinator, Eric Studsville, was asked about the running back room and said all those guys are going to play and participate in the game plan. He referred to it as a competition. So I don't know how you sit in fantasy football, Jake, but I know if you had to decide on one of these running backs, I mean, I was a little hesitant to pick Duke Johnson up this week because, you know, again, you have no idea how this is going to unfold. And you mentioned, it. I mean, Lindsay looked 
like he could have been that RB one, you know, right after that game, that was all we were talking about. So I don't envy the dolphins. I don't know how this will shape up, but you know, I think we can kind of see, you know, Duke and Philip Lindsay have a similar skill set. They can do some of that hard nose stuff. You got Gaskin Ahmed that can change things up. I don't even know if Malcolm Brown will be activated. Um, last thing, Jake, you mentioned Jerome Bettis. Did you see that mic'd up uh, thing with Tua Tonga? Jerome. Jerome Bettis would have been cool, but <laughs> oh, see, dude, <laughs> we're I, on the running backs. <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah, I literally wrote down Jerome Bettis here. Wait, did I say Jerome I Baker? Did you, did you say Jerome Bettis, or did I say, or did you say Jerome Baker? I thought I said Baker. Oh, we're gonna wow. have to have the okay. listeners yeah, yell at us. We're gonna have to go back. We're throwing the challenge flag. But either way, I thought you said Jerome Bettis, so I was gonna transition into that uh, to a mic'd up video. But did you see it? I mean, Jacoby Brissett called him Jerome Bettis after he chucked over that corner. It was just an awesome video to see too. And how not only he responded from some of those bad plays he made, but just, you know, how this team rallied around him because, uh, you know, whatever the media says, it's clear that this is to his team. Yeah. And to kind of bring it back out to the big picture here, those are the things we want to see right out of Tua. We want to see this hype and we want to see what's going to happen on Monday night. I think as much as we're sitting here talking about the running backs, I mean, the story is going to be all about your quarterback playing in his first Monday night primetime game with the opportunity to pull above 500. So I think it's going to be so exciting to watch Dennis, Josh and I. Dennis Allen revenge game, right? Didn't we leave him back in yes. London with Joe Philbin <laughs> <laughs> when Oakland, we beat Oakland a couple years ago. So he wants that. He wants to get back at the Dolphins, I'm sure. And we just saw what he did to Tom Brady, man. It's going to be a hell of a game. You got that right. And I think with the holidays going on, we're going to try to come on here Sunday morning before the one o'clock games. I know a lot of guys are in their fantasy playoffs, uh, including myself, and they might not want to listen, talk about the Dolphins during the games, but we're going to try to get it out during the day. So whenever you're ready to get jazzed up about the Dolphins before Monday night's game, you'll have us there to uh, yell at you guys, scream some nonsense about, hey, maybe the Dolphins are actually going to stick in the playoff hunt for a little while. Yeah. And forgive us now if it's more of a pep rally. That's why I told Jake, I want to get on here and get hyped up because I mean, it, we're seven and seven. And when have we had this meaningful of a game, you know, setting us up with these last three? I mean, it's just crazy. And everything now surrounding this game, man, it is a wild week. But guys, thank you so much for listening to the Finside Radio, the Jake and Josh show. Hope you enjoy your holidays if you're cooking. Uh, hope everything goes well and good luck being Santa. I know I'm struggling a bit over here. Thank you guys so much for listening to SB Nation's Finside Radio, the Jake and Josh show. We will be back Sunday with our preview episode of the Monday night game versus the Saints. I'm Josh Houts. That's Jake Mendel. We'll talk to you next time. Fins up. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Everybody, 